0: Welcome back to the MetaMinds podcast, where we help conscious people destroy their limiting beliefs so that they can live the life of their dreams. And on today's episode, we had Noelle Ellie join us. She is an actress, as well as just a mindset expert. There was so much within this about ego and limiting beliefs, and a lot about like aspiring actors and actresses, like what kind of things you can expect from the industry, what kind of things took her off guard, and some really like practical kind of practices within place of how to get through some of those obstacles, some of those limiting beliefs. It was it was great.
1: Yeah, guys, if you're a struggling artist or if you have any projects that you're working on, you are going to run into your ego and it's going to try and stop you. And yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in this episode. Uh, she's very has has a very calm presence, and we really appreciated that. And she's very vulnerable with uh, a lot of her findings. So definitely jump into this one if you're an artist; you're going to get a lot of value out of this one. So, Noelle, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, just to put you on the spot here, we want to dive in with a pretty hard question. Um, so we know that you have a yeah. Well, you're ready for it. We know that you have a background in in acting. Um, so, for example, if you met kind of your dream director that you would like like to work with just at a bus stop or something and he was about to jump on a bus and he was like, oh, I've seen you somewhere. Can you pitch me kind of, you know, who you are and why I should have you in my movie? And he's got a movie coming up. What yeah. do you say in that kind of 30 seconds before that bus comes?
2: Well, it would be Derek Sion France. I adore your films, A Place Beyond the Pines, um, Blue Valentine. I, I, The way you capture people um uh from such a, a beautiful humanity is is incredible and it would be a dream to work with you. I um really enjoy playing the underdog and telling the stories of of um you know the 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 woman who has to you know sell her body because she can't pay for milk for her kids or the lawyer who is fighting for um, uh, a family that's about to be uh, torn apart because they're going to be de- deported, and um, uh, it would be a dream. And uh, it literally doesn't matter how big or how small. You are my favorite director, so I will whatever you need. I'm I'm down from a moral standpoint.
1: <laughs> of course, of course.
2: Of course. <laughs> wait, wait. It's, Back it's up. we have
1: to add that, but like it's, it should be a given, but. <laughs>
2: It should it should be, but this is Hollywood, so.
1: And also, twenty twenty one now, so. Right. Um, Well, also, it sounds like you prepared for that moment.
2: Oh, thank! I have not, but thank you. Yeah. You
1: you were very calm and collected for standing in front of your favorite director.
2: It's an actor.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. I love that question. That's that's a that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, well, you definitely handled it well, jumping straight into uh, into onto a kind of <laughs> aggressive note. Sorry about that. We haven't done that before, but we're like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Oh,
2: it's good. Do you guys know who Derek Sean Francis?
1: Um, I've definitely like not personally, but I I know some of the okay. films that you mentioned there for sure. So, um, yeah. yeah, I have a, have a film background as well. So yeah, oh nice films and whatnot. So awesome. So you've done like you know quite a lot of stuff to get to the to the point that you are right now. I suppose just to dive into it again, like, what would you say is kind of the most important habit that, you know, attributes to your success?
2: Um, Never, never giving up. If you, if you can't, if you don't quit, you'll never fail. Um, I moved to New York when I was 18, two days after I graduated high school, I had $800 to my name, which literally paid for my first month rent. And that was it. I lived off of, um, I would go to the deli and get uh, uh, turkey subs and I would, they, they were big subs, so I would ration the meat to last me a week. I mean, I struggled. I, I did the hard work and, um, you know, I, I just never gave up. I just kept, kept doing the thing. And, um, and, you know, I guess the biggest advice I'd give is it's not an overnight thing. Uh, that was the dream. I thought by 21, I would be well on my way. Um, mm. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. But um, I'm, I'm grateful for all the lessons and the hardships that I had because, I, you know, if I had had success back then, I'd be a much different person, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, Noelle, I guess something I'm curious about there's like a lot of actors and actresses out there who are aspiring to you know get into the limelight and and get into a position where this is like sustainable for them and I guess I'm wondering like if you were to cast your mind back to an audition that you were like extremely nervous about and you know you you didn't really know what to expect maybe there was a lot of competition out there like what kind of advice do you have for people putting themselves out and going into a situation that is extremely nerve-wracking and still being able to have your back and be confident walking in like do you have any advice or practices you do?
2: Um, I mean, it kind of sounds a little cliche, but like really practice the self-love. Um, if, if, you're, if you're doing it for validation, it's not going to feel good because when you get that validation, you still have that void. So like if you're not okay with yourself, whether it's self-love or whatever, you know, like if you're not okay with who you are, um, just because you're in front of the camera isn't going to change that. Um and so you know I'm I'm thinking back to one audition I had where it was a um uh director session, producer session for uh Law and Order SVU. Have you guys ever seen that show? Yeah, yeah. And it was I walked in and I was thinking there would be like a few people in there. There were like 12 or 15 people, and the director was behind the camera, but I guess he got excited when I was when I was going. And so he started like rocking back and forth It completely took me out. And now knowing what I know now, I would have like just kind of calmed down, centered myself and just got back in it. But instead I just got so distracted and, you know, completely flubbed. And so I think remembering that we're all human, it doesn't matter, you know, who the casting director is, who the director is, who the person is, um, just coming from that like human to human standpoint uh, and, and the, all the self-love and, and being okay with yourself, um, that's what makes the real stars stand out,
1: you know? I really love that point. And it's kind of like, like you mentioned, it's cliche, but just to kind of hit it home, like, I don't think it is, but like, you know, people say that, but they don't really dive into like the deeper kind of aspect of it. And so like just something that I've been doing kind of recently for myself I don't even know how this kind of experiment started, but whether I'll be in the car or in the morning when I'm like brushing my teeth, like I literally just look at myself and say, I love you. And like, this is pretty vulnerable for me to say, you know, like this (laughs) is like a lot of people go, oh, that's a weird thing to do. But you do that like five times in a row and you really mean it because how many people actually do or say that to you on a regular basis and really mean it? And you literally feel like a glow afterwards, you know? And it's like whatever practice you can implement to like actually practice self-love I think that's extremely important. So yeah, thank you for that. It's oh, really good. Yeah, writing.
2: thank you. Thank you for sharing the the vulnerable share. It's it's so true. And it it I I I was in therapy for many years, and and my therapist would be like, you know, you got to love yourself, and I'd be like, I do love myself. You know, especially like producing some of the events I'd produce and like working for for thought leaders. I'm like, I know about self love, but it's it's. It's so different when you can do exactly what you're saying, like really look yourself, not even look at the mirror, like look yourself in the eye, like really go to your iris and see this person and tell them you love them. And it doesn't matter what they've done to to mess up. They're they're worthy of love. I mean, it makes all the difference.
1: And it's super uncomfortable. (laughs) Like if you've never done
2: it uncomfortable.
1: You're yeah. like, what is this? It's weird. Like, nobody says this to me with this intensity. So. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, just reflecting on some of the clients I've worked with, and like in that counselling space, like that's something that has been extremely hard. When I've um, got clients to do that, like that has been something that has been like the most challenging thing for for them to do. I didn't even realize you were doing that, man. But like, it's what we do here, Meta, man.
1: Yeah, we yeah. to each
0: other. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's really cool. And I guess like. To kind of build on that, going into an audition, like, do you have any other practices? Like, it's uh, there's got to be a lot of mindset development that goes into you building your confidence to be able to put yourself out there and be in an uncomfortable position. So, what kind of other practices would you say you have uh, to prepare?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends because there's some auditions where you know you're given um, several days to prepare, and so you know the material inside and out, and so. in in that situation, generally, I try to get really free. And like, um, uh, you know, when I lived in New York, I'd ride the subway, and I'd, I'd take off my headphones and talk to people and just like really connect and watch, watch people or connect with people. Um, It it put me in a really freeing space. Um, And then there's times where you get literally six 12 hours with like nine pages of material and it feels impossible. And I used to psych myself out when that would happen. And now I would just, you know, kind of say to myself, like, you know what, we're given this amount of time. We're going to do the best we can and let's let's go for it. You know, like like I, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to know you know the exact dialogue. I'm just going to be in the moment and I'm going to connect with the casting director and whoever it is and Either they're going to love me or they're not. And that's OK. And I'm just going to show up as myself. And, and I would say one of the biggest things for me that's a game changer is connecting with other actors in the audition room. Because when you're waiting and there are 15 other, you know, olive skin toned brown-eyed, brown-haired girls that look just like me in the room, it can really be, you know, psych you out. And, um, you know, I I always just try to start a conversation from a very authentic place and see what happens.
0: That's great. That um, really reminds me of like just the ego, you know, like a lot of people in that situation could be um, like completely reserved and have that comparison trap of like, well, you know, why am I better than that person? Or, you know, they're my competition, so I'm not even going to engage. And I guess, you know, there's there's elements of what you're doing, which is like, you know, extremely authentic, but then I'm sure that would take people off guard as well. You know, like I'm sure other people sitting there maybe don't do the same yeah. as you. <laughs>
1: Who's this bitch? Why is she talking to me? Like, <laughs> Right.
2: Yeah. No, and I've, and I've had that sort of response. And, and I also think too there has to, you have to find the boundaries for yourself. I'm generally like a really outgoing person. And at the same time, if I have a a scene that's super um, vulnerable and emotional, and and I know I have to go there that I can't necessarily like shoot the shit with somebody next to me. You know what I mean? I've got to sort of be in my space. And that's been really interesting because sometimes having casting directors come out and want to like hug and be like, no, well, I have to just be like, wait till after my audition, please. You know what I mean. And it's a we. It, that's been a hard thing as well. And so I think it's just like finding your your boundaries and knowing, testing the limit with that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So just to to kind of build on on that, like you know, in my experience as an artist, you know, I, I produce music, I produce video, like I do all that kind of thing. With my ego, like I definitely noticed myself. Like I have this kind of entitlement you know there's a lot of people that are fierce competition around me all aiming for the exact same goal and sometimes I'm put in the same room as them as well so mm-hmm. it's like yeah for me like my ego kind of flares up and I, I see people and I'm like why are they having that success and who are they to think like why do they deserve that like I deserve this you know people don't even recognize what they what, mm-hmm. who I am and you know so it's like I guess I want to kind of hear some of your experience with that because I know that like like I say competition here is fierce but I've been to LA and man, the competition there is insane. Like everyone is on their grind. So like, I can't imagine how, you know, whether you have an ego or not, I mean, you seem pretty humble. So like, has your ego kind of gotten in the way in that sense? And has it maybe sabotaged you at all? Or
2: Sure. I mean, sure. I'm human, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I try to quiet her down, um, but it's it, it can definitely um, uh, build, and and usually it starts with like a silent whisper, and then it gets bigger and bigger, right? Um, but one of the things I really try to try to um, focus on is, you know, as as you said, like we have people in our space and friends or colleagues or frenemies or whatever it is who they're getting all of the success, right? So. I try not to come from like, well, why are they, why do they have this? Like I work just as hard because I have been there, you know, and it, to me, I use it as something to propel me forward. So, you know, perfect example. I have a friend who, um, their life is about to change. They booked something that is massive and it's easy for me to sit back and say, well, they had amazing representation from the get-go. They had someone who paid for their bills. They didn't have to work. They didn't, you know, like, it's very easy for me to go into that. And instead, I, I asked them, I said, tell me exactly what you did to book this. I mean, first of all, I was like, congratulations and crying, but also mm-hmm. like, tell me exactly what you did. And they said, "Noel, I took quarantine. And busted my tail and worked on my craft every single day. Every single day I worked on my craft. And I knew that when I walked into that audition, I was giving it my all. And there was no doubt about that. And I sat back and asked myself, "Noel, have you throughout quarantine and COVID been working on your craft every single day? No, we'll get to work you know? And so it's like trying to take the good gems out of any situation and using that to continue to propel you to your destiny. And so that, that's something that helps me. I, you know, my husband and I have friends who, who they sort of sometimes get triggered or like annoyed or frustrated. I get that way too, but it's like, no, 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 flip the script, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, like, you know taking that kind of energy, like you could potentially ruin such an amazing friendship with someone if you let your your ego take control anyway, which in turn, like I'm sure in an industry like that, you do not want to burn any bridges. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that's quite important to make sure that you're quite humble and connected with a lot of people. Um, so I guess like in terms of you know like people wanting to get into this space, like you you said right at the beginning there that you wanted to, what was it, become successful by the age of 21. And that was something that you kind of thought, this is achievable. This is something I can do. And then, you know, you're in a great position now by the looks of it, but obviously it's taken time to get to that point. Um, So is there anything else like besides like persistence and staying on your grind and staying humble? Like, is there anything else like habit wise that has contributed um, to you getting into this this position today?
2: Sure. I, I think, um, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Human Design. Have you ever heard of Human Design? It's kind of like, it's a little woo-woo. It's, it, it has to do with astrology, but not really. Um, basically, like you put in your birthday and your your uh, the time you were born, where you were born, and it kind of tells you your makeup. And I very recently started diving into that. And what I found is there's actually some a lot of things that resonate with me. And one of those things is I've always lived my life like this. Um, it's either a hell yes or a hell no. And if it doesn't light me up and excite me, it's probably not for me. And so, what I mean by that is, you know, I've worked every job under the sun as a struggling actor, you know, like a, a artist. Um, and it's 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 easy to become bitter when you're having to work so hard and so much and, and you see these people succeeding and you see them doing the thing. And, and instead I would just try to like go within each time and say, okay, this is guiding me. Like I am being guided. I'm taking the steps, you know? And one of the things I say, my mantra every day is um, I'm, I'm divinely guided and I, I just trust that I'm today I'm divinely guided. And um Uh, Having a morning routine has also been really helpful. So like doing some breath work. And even if I don't have time to do breath work, deep breathing and, you know, talking to my body, talking to myself, it feels very strange, like you said, but you start to notice these tiny shifts that happen daily. And then you look back over the course of a month or a year or years and you see, wow, by doing these little tiny actions, this just set me up for success. And so, um, you know, just, just do the work train, even if it's, even if it's five, 10 minutes a day, do it. Um, Try not to get triggered when your ego comes into play, you know, and 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 also if it does come, like let it be. And then and like really feel the emotion and then it can shift because I it's like scientifically proven. I don't know the exact stats, but it, I think you can't hold on to an emotion when you truly feel it longer than 60 or 90 seconds. Mm. So once you like feel that emotion, if it's anger that someone else booked the thing, feel it hardcore and then let it shift and it'll move into a different emotion and then feel that and let it shift and eventually you're going to come back to a pl- place of peace but you have to feel the emotion because otherwise we're like anesthetized we're numbing it out right yeah so um yeah feeling the emotions doing the the morning routines doing the work and not giving up
1: it's definitely like a hard thing to <laughs> to do is actually go into emotion, especially if you perceive it to be like a negative one, you know, as you said, you mm-hmm. want to do whatever you can to like escape it. You put TV in the, in the road or your screen or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I think you're, you're right on that because it's like if you can go into a really feel mm-hmm. it and you realize it's like not even that real, you know, it's not even that value. Right. So,
2: I um, mean, and I definitely, I definitely was there. I remember being a young actor and, and someone saying to me like, well, we all have good in us and we all have bad in us. And I remember literally like arguing with them being like, well, no, I'm a, I'm a good person. What are you talking about? You know? And I couldn't, I couldn't actually look at that. And now I'm like, oh, how, how cute little Noel, you know, but it's, it's, we, we have like polarity, you know, like the good and the bad, you can, you can accept that there's this bad there, but feel it. And then you can go back to the good. But if you don't feel it, that's when we get dis-ease in our body. That's when we, you know, gain weight. That's when we get depressed. And so I think, you know, just encouraging people to f- feel all the feels and it will pass.
1: That's definitely a millennial way to uh, to frame that. Hey, guys, feel all the feels. People <laughs> will we'll connect with that. So a question that a uh, previous podcast that we were on actually hit us with, they flipped the script and asked, but I think is an amazing question. So we're going to hit you with it right now. Is um, What's something that you believe right now that you think in a year or five years from now you are most likely to not believe or to not be true anymore?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Um,
1: I suppose mindset-wise, but, you know, it's a hard question, so whatever you can go Yeah.
2: You know, I think um, I struggle with um, uh, being a fraud. Mm.
0: Imposter
2: syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Totally. Um, I struggle with it. And I think in five years, it, it, you know, look, I would love for it not to be there, but I think it will be much, much smaller. And cause I, I look at how, how, you know, wh- where it started and where it is now, it's definitely shrunk. But I think in five years, uh, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, like, I think, I think I'll be like, it's fine it's
1: Hopefully. fine <laughs> well yeah and I suppose I was going to say that before because again like because of the fierce competition where you are I can imagine again it would be so easy for your ego to be like why are you even doing this it doesn't matter you're not even that good it's okay just give up and it's kind of protecting you from failing you know what I mean so mm-hmm. that's be the ultimate thing and your situation is actually pushing you through that so I really mm-hmm. hope for your sake that is smaller as well and also for our sake because yeah. we all struggle with imposter syndrome that's for sure right.
2: Right. And I think I think, you know, making normalizing it, letting, you know, continuing to have the conversation about it, because it's so easy to look at someone with success and say, well, they have it all together. You know, like they're they're fine, but we all struggle with it. And it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you know, Bruno Mars, he was um, uh, at the Met, Met Gala in New York. Um, a few years ago, performing, and he, right before he went out on stage, he was walking back and forth, walking back and forth, puked his guts up, and then ran out to stage. You know, it's like, you know, and Barbara Streisand used to do that. These huge people do it. We all struggle with it, and um, it's okay.
1: So that's the secret. Like when you're about <laughs> to do something big, just vomit, and then just you just
2: vomit. vomit, sweat, that's and like, vomit. You're good. Like
1: you one down. Yeah, that's <laughs> an important one. Oh, So outside of acting, what's a, what's a project you're working on right now that really kind of, you know, brings you like a glow or light that you're really passionate about?
2: Um, well, I, there's a few things. So I, outside of acting, I've been dealing with some health stuff and I was recently diagnosed with Lyme disease and fibroid tumors and co-infections and black mold and just a litany of, of (laughs) things that I wasn't expecting. And, um, It scared me because they're very real and they're painful and they're scary, but also it scared me because I thought, you know, generally on social media, I try to share my life and, and share real life. And I always, when I found this out, I thought, okay, well, I can't share this because then the casting directors or the directors or these, these people in the industry who follow me, they're going to say, oh, well, she's the sick lime girl. Like we can't hire her. and. I just continued to quiet that ego and started to share and as a result I I was opened up to this tribe of of you know men and women who have chronic illness and who are so grateful for that connection and and to know that they're not alone and so as a result um I've been documenting my journey and I'm creating a documentary around um you know Lyme disease and chronic illness so that's that's exciting and it's also me trying to make lemonade out of lemons, you know?
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of like, like humans are so fragile, you know, everything's perfect and then all of a sudden this thing comes along like lime or or whatever it may be and and it just totally screws you up because you had no idea that it existed and you have no idea how it started and all of a sudden it's here and it's a big part of your life and you don't know what to do about it. You have to spend yeah, hours researching it and like how did it happen and what do I do about it now? And you find small communities and they're the kind of things that make you feel sane again because when it yeah. initially happens, you feel like you're the only person on the planet, and you're like, why doesn't anybody experience what I'm experiencing?
2: Yeah, so. it's so isolating. It's it's so true. And I and you know truthfully, like I had the thoughts because this has been like the past year of getting misdiagnosed and then getting diagnosed, and I had thoughts like, all right, well, if this is life, I don't know. Maybe I'm good. I'm tired. I'm in pain. Like maybe this isn't, I'm, I'm lonely, you know, maybe this isn't something worth fighting for. And then, you know, I was opened up to this world of, of, you know, struggling people who are making a difference and making a change. And um, it's brought life in back in me again.
0: Yeah, no, that's really beautiful. And I think like, that's one of the things that, you know, social media really gets a lot of kind of negative criticism because it does play quite a negative role in society to some extent, but a story like that, you know. It, I'm sure it would be significantly harder to find a community, a physical community in a space where you could connect with people in that kind of um in that in that vein. So I guess that's that's really powerful. and the fact that you've been able to to share that is something that maybe, like you said, a lot of people wouldn't do, especially in your position because you are fearful of judgment. Um, and like have you had any like has there been any kind of negative hitback from agencies or anyone no. like? That? No,
2: there, there hasn't. And there's actually just been like an overwhelming amount of support I've had, I've lost, I've lost followers, you know, because it's like less, you know, pretty bikini shots or whatever. And more like, this is chronic Lyme. I can't get out of bed today, you know, or whatever. But again, I, I'm grateful that I'm attracting the people that are supportive and like the ones that aren't into it bye. you know, it's okay. It's okay connecting
0: i guess with more more quality connections
1: over people who are looking for the vanity shots you know things quality
2: versus quantity yeah
1: So it it kind of sounds like that was a a limiting belief that you had there and that's like a big theme that we have on metaminds is that it's like we think that everyone can live their dream life but the one thing that is stopping them the problem is limiting beliefs and they don't even know what they are you know and so for example before you went public with this stuff like you had this belief and it was limiting you because you were like everyone's going to hate me and throw me away and that kind of thing. And, and then however you push through that, you did. And it turns out it was completely a lie that your brain was just telling you for some reason, you know? So yeah, yeah I suppose like, uh, maybe how did you actually kind of recognize that that was a limiting belief and, and, and then like overcome that?
2: Um, you know, I- that's a great question. And and I'm all about exposing the limiting beliefs because, you know, we get them, we all get them all the time. And for me, I have to like out it to someone. So like, I'll have the thought and the thought will stay and be persistent. So then I have to communicate it. And um, for me, it's like being mindful who I communicate my limiting beliefs to, because you will get, you know, certain people who are a little bit more negative who are like, oh, you're right, you probably shouldn't or whatever it is. Um, so I, I do it in a safe space with people that I trust. So usually I'll talk to my husband, I'll talk to a couple of my best friends and, you know, they'll kind of be a sounding board. And usually what happens is I'll start to peel back layers. So, you know, let's say I told you I'm afraid to post about Lyme because I'll be the weird sick Lyme girl. Well, why do you feel that way? Well, because isn't that the case? No, there's people out there who resonate with you and they want to connect with you. And then I start to like peel back to, oh, okay, well, I guess this one time when I was 12, I vulnerably shared something with friends and got made fun of. So, oh, wow, that's actually where that stemmed from. So, let me do a little bit of work around healing that moment in time and so for me that's kind of generally how I work is I like peel back the layers to get to the root of oh wow I wasn't safe when I said this I wasn't safe when I said this and you know you like see where the pattern started and how it's grown and how you can kind of squash that
1: past trauma that's it's hard work to do and a lot of people don't know kind of how to do that
2: yeah yeah that's really yeah I think I think it's like asking having someone on your, on your team and your squad to ask you the tough questions, you know, like get curious about why people are the way they are. Just be, you know, have endless curiosity. Um, yeah. because yeah. we think, I mean, in my experience, I think I have answers, but then when I really sit with it, I'm like, Oh, maybe I don't, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think like you, you need that. That neutral party, someone outside of your experience, to be able to ask those questions that you potentially couldn't ask yourself. And you know, you'll notice with a lot of people, they they don't want to talk about tough things. So I think that's a really important thing that you've mentioned there. Actually finding the people in your life who actually care about you. You know, like a lot of people might just go, "Oh yeah, that would suck." Anyway, this weekend I'm doing this. Like they don't actually ask you, "Wow, that must be really hard to sit with." Like tell me about that. Like let's actually like try to understand what's going on for you. I think that's like really, really important, um, which a lot of people don't have. So that's great that you've recognized that and you've got some good people around you. Um, I think like, you know, we've got to kind of wrap it up very soon, it's been value packed and really appreciate how like vulnerable you've been and and how much wisdom you've given us and aspiring kind of actors and actresses. Um, So I guess like just for maybe a last question, unless Eamon or you've got something else to add, like if you were to, kind of capture a moment right now that you could tell your your future self, something that you know could be right now, maybe that you're struggling with or something that like we spoke about before, something that you, you might not know how to deal with right now, but it might get easier. Like, is there anything that you could tell your future self in this moment right now that would be a good reminder moving forward? Like anything, like any sort of wisdom or anything that could be really helpful for your future self to kind of get through a tough situation or to get yeah. through- imposter syndrome or your ego like is there anything right now that we could capture in a video that you could come back and watch
2: um i would say you are enough just as you are you are not your dis-ease you are inspiring and will continue to inspire people by simply being yourself and using your voice and anytime that feels stifled figure out what's what's blocking you and sort of shed that um because that's how you that's how you make waves and it it usually starts with like you know a ripple into a wave into a tidal wave into a tsunami and and trust that you are divinely guided
1: i think that's a perfect place to end it thank you very much noelle it's been a fantastic podcast and i really appreciate your your presence
2: oh thank you guys you guys are so lovely i'm so i'm so